The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Seneca's essay on the shortness of life. Now, <laughs> every time I quote this, I have a hard time not reading the entire essay because it's all so good. If you haven't read it before, really, you should check it out. I will uh, include a link in the description. But this is just, uh, we'll start with a short excerpt here, okay? It is not that we have a short space of time, but that we waste much of it. Life is long enough, and it has been given in sufficiently generous measure to allow the accomplishment of the greatest things if the whole of it is well invested. But when it is squandered in luxury and carelessness, when it is devoted to no good end, forced at last by the ultimate necessity, we perceive that it has passed away before we were aware that it was passing. So it is. The life we receive is not short, but we make it so. Nor do we have any lack of it, but are wasteful of it. Just as great and princely wealth is scattered in a moment when it comes into the hands of a bad owner, while wealth, however limited, if it is entrusted to a good guardian, increases by use. So our life is amply long for him who orders it properly. Now, before I get into what this episode is going to be about, uh, I want to mention a practice. And I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast before. Uh, I started this practice, I believe it was in the summer, when I began my daily practice of the tallest death meditation. If you don't know what I'm referring to there, then I'll include the link to that episode in the, uh, uh, or was it an episode? Maybe it was a blog post. I'll include the link to that in the show notes as well. But anyway, uh, the practice that I started concurrently with that is that when I say the Shir Shel Yom, the song of the day, then I also say a Pasuk from Tehillim Tzadi Yudbez from Psalms 90, uh, verse 12. Limnos yamenu ken hoda v'navi lavav chachma. Teach us to count our days that we may attain a heart of wisdom. And the Ibn Ezra explains uh, what this means. He says, uh, uh, This is similar in meaning to the uh, to the verse, uh, Psalms 39.5, Make me to know my end. Um, Give us the mind to know, uh, sorry, to number, to know, to number our days. Vatam, in the meaning, is shenida shemisparm ma'at, to know how few our days are. Uh, sorry, shemisparm ma'at yihyeh, that our days will be few. Vinavi bikirbeno obanu levav chachma, so that we may attain a heart of wisdom in us or uh, in our midst. Um, so in other words, uh, teach us to count our days, meaning teach us to recognize how few they are, and that will, will prompt us to uh, develop a certain type of wisdom. Now, I'm still not exactly sure what type of wisdom he's referring to. I think I would really need to uh, learn the entire chapter in order to see it in context. But the reason why I started saying this is because uh, I wanted to begin my day with an awareness that this is one day and uh, and this will be the last day that I have uh, of, of this exact... Uh, th- this one day is a unique moment in time. And this is the only day I will have that is exactly like today. And that uh, it was just another uh, prompting to use that day well. Okay. So I've been saying this um, since the summer. Some days it it helps, some days it doesn't. Really, the tallest meditation helps much more. 
but I I made an impulse purchase a little while ago. Okay, uh, and I will include a link to this uh, to the Amazon uh, an Amazon link to this in the show notes. I, I wish you could see this. Um, uh, I guess I'll include a, a, a link to the picture as well. So it is a poster that on the top of the poster says weeks of my life. Okay. And if you can imagine, uh, it, there are rows and columns. Okay. The columns number 52. Okay. Those are the weeks of the year. And then the rows, the number of rows, uh, counts from one all the way up to 88. And you could buy different lengths of the, the calendar. Uh, 88 seemed like a reasonable length and it says 88 years. And, at the very bottom of the calendar, it says 4,570 weeks total, make it count. And there are all these checkboxes, okay? And the idea is that as you complete a week of your life, you check it off, okay? Uh, or you exit out, as I did. And, um, and that way you can kind of look at a glance at the weeks in your life that have passed by and that still may yet be. Obviously, we don't know when we're going to die. And basically be aware that it's finite, that everything is finite. And, you know, and I think that that's, that's really what kills us here. No, no pun intended is that we, we don't realize that there are a finite number of weeks left and therefore, uh, well, okay. No, no one could say it better than Seneca. Um, let me, uh, let me just read another passage from Seneca's uh, on the shortness of life. Um, he says here that he says, uh, though all the brilliant intellects of the ages were to concentrate upon this one theme, never could they adequately express their wonder at this dense darkness of the human mind. Men do not suffer anyone to seize their estates, and they rush to stones and arms if there is even the slightest dispute about the limit of their lands, yet they allow others to trespass upon their life. Nay, they themselves even lead in those who will eventually possess it. No one is found who is willing to distribute his money, yet among how many does each of us distribute his life? In guarding their fortune, men are often close-fisted, yet when it comes to the matter of wasting time, in the case of the one thing in which it is right to be miserly, they show themselves most prodigal. Uh, that's actually not the excerpt I want to read. Uh, this is the, I mean, that's pretty good also, but here's the excerpt. You live your, you live as though, let me try this again. You live as if you were destined to live forever. No thought of your frailty ever enters your head of how much time has already gone by. You take no heed. You squander time as if you drew from a full and abundant supply, though all the while that day which you bestow on some person or thing is perhaps your last. You have all the fears of mortals and all the desires of immortals. You will hear many men saying, after my 50th year, I shall retire into leisure. At my 60th shall pass, year shall release me from public duties. And what guarantee, pray, have you that your life will last longer? Who will suffer your course to be just as you plan it? Are you not ashamed to reserve for yourself only the remnant of life and to set apart for wisdom only that time which cannot be devoted to any business? How late it is to begin to live just when we must cease to live. What foolish forgetfulness of mortality to postpone wholesome plans to the 50th and 60th year and to intend to begin life at a point to which few have attained. So... Um, in other words, that's the whole thing is that, you, you know, people live life as though they have an, uh, an infinite supply of it. And really there are, if you live for 88 years, 4,576 weeks total, uh, and you have to actually make it count. So I bought this chart, uh, or th this, uh, this poster and uh, hoping that it would be yet another way to remind myself of mortality and, uh, my mortality and the fact that I have a limited amount of time, but also because this really represents a different kind of time management. You know, I taught time management as a high school teacher, and that was really time management in terms of studying and uh, and and scheduling and stuff like that. This is time management in life of how am I using the weeks of my life? And I feel like, or I hope that that 
if at the end of every week I have to check off that box that represents that week and say, okay, this is how I use the week, hopefully this will prompt me to reflect on the macro scale, how am I using the weeks of my life? And am I really using them in the way that I, uh, that I, that I want to use them? But what I wanted to talk about in this episode, uh, I mean, I want to talk about that also, but, but, but I wanted to actually just talk out the experience that I had, you know, the, the, the chart is, is made so that you check out, you check one box, uh, at the end of each week. However, when you first buy the, the, the poster, you have to actually X out all the boxes to get you up to the present time, you know, from, from year one, week one, uh, all the way up to the present time. So I had to do that. So I sat down, I, I set aside some, some time on Sunday night, sat down and just started checking off boxes. Okay. So there's a, there's obviously a rhythm. I mean, I don't know. I didn't see the exact, uh, amount of time, but you know, you're, you're checking boxes, just checking, 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 and it's kind of a mindless activity. So so as you're checking though, you're looking at, okay, year one, week one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Then you, you finish that row and you get to year two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now for the first many years, then it's really just an abstraction. I mean, let's say like for the first five years of my life, I have no, no, I have memories from that time, but it's not like I can even place those memories on a timeline. Okay. But then once I got, I think to the age of six, which is when I started first grade, then I, I started becoming dimly aware of, okay, this was my year as a first grader. And as I'm checking off the boxes in year six, I'm, I'm thinking about what it was like to be in first grade. And then when I get to year seven, thinking about second grade. So that's like for my childhood years. And then the interesting thing started happening when I got into my teenage years, I'd say like around sixth and seventh grade, when I did have a much more a much clearer time awareness, you know, like I remember what was going on at the beginning of my sixth grade year, you know, in the fall and in the winter and in the spring and then in the summer, you know, and I'm starting to now, as I pass through, you know, the, these columns are set up so that you, uh, you have 52 weeks, but then they also split it up into months. I mean, they don't say the months here because you're, you're not marking this off in terms of the, the calendar year, you're marking it off in terms of your own year. But since my birthday is January 10th, you know, then it's very easy for me to look at the chart and think this column is January, this one's February, this one's March, et cetera. So as I get into seventh and eighth grade, then my awareness of, of what was going on in that particular month becomes much clearer. And not just because my memories are greater, but because really our journey to Judaism started when, or not started, but, but our journey to Orthodox Judaism really started when I was in seventh grade. And the timeline there is very clear to me because I've told the story of my conversion um, and our, our journey uh, many times. And so I, so as I get into year 13, uh, and 14 and certainly 15, then I start to become very, very aware of each and every month that was passing. And so I'm, I'm, I'm checking off these boxes. And, uh, and then when I get into 16 and 17 and 18, you know, when I actually, when we, when we moved and when I converted and my, my last two years of high school. So then I have a very clear memory of these, uh, of these, you know, of, of those months. And then, and then in year 19, when I went to yeshiva and, and, uh, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, those seven years I was in yeshiva. And then once I get into the age 25, which is when I started teaching high school, I also have a very clear memory because now at that point, that was really when my, my, my life, you know, cycles really synced up to the academic year in terms of, 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 of teaching and in terms of specific students. So then going through from, from you know, from 25 
really up until the present uh, time, like it was very easy as I was checking off each and every week. Uh, I, I, I don't remember from week to week, but as I'm checking off the weeks of each and every month, I am remembering what's going on. Now, this entire process took me uh, a full half hour. Okay. And there, there were a couple of interruptions. So it's not like I was uh, constantly checking off, but it was a, it was a uniquely meditative experience to be thinking about my entire life <laughs> for a full 30 minutes, like, like on a quantitative week by week basis. I mean, I can't describe it to you. I mean, I, I would say, I forgot how much I paid for this. It was probably like 10 or 15 bucks. I'll have to check on Amazon. The, the amount of money I paid was worth it just to go through that experience, you know, um, of, of focusing on the finitude of my life as I checked off each and every box going up to the present moment. And, and, you know, even though I bought this with the expectation of it's going to help me in the future in terms of at the end of every week, checking it off and then reflecting back on my week, it was, I mean, it was an insane process to just think about every single week of my, I mean, my, I'm going to be turned, well, if, God willing, I'm going to turn 38, uh, this January 10th. So, so like, like 38 years thinking about every week, I, I can't fully convey, I know I made this episode in order to convey this. I, I can't convey to you what it's like to spend a full half an hour thinking about every single week of your life and thinking about how you grew. And it really does drive home this point of your, uh, of, of how our, our lives are, are made up of weeks. I mean, I know we say that intellectually, but experiencing it is a different, a different thing, especially when I'm, I'm going through in my head and reviewing the memories, you know, my entire life flashed before my eyes, so to speak in, uh, in, in these, uh, you know, in, in this 30 minutes. So I, I wanted to just share two more ideas. One is in that passage from Seneca that I read about how basically people are very, um, uh, they're, they, they're very stingy when it comes to their, their money, but not when it comes to their time. And they allow other people to, to, to spend their time without a, awareness that they're making those decisions and they spend their own time as though they have an infinite store. So this is really what I, I want to work on most, uh, I think at this point in my life, which is not just being aware of the time that's passing, but also, how other people are using my time. Uh, you know, I, I read this book uh, earlier in the year, a couple months ago, or last month maybe, called Set Boundaries and Find Peace, uh, a guide to reclaiming yourself. Uh, and I had a lot of personal time management issues uh, last year, not time management, boundary management, in terms of how much I let my work creep into my, my life and how much time I set aside for myself. And I really want to be more cognizant of of how I am squandering the time that I have for myself and how I'm allowing, you know, making commitments to other, other people, uh, without really evaluating whether it's worth it or not. Um, I've been really working on that and I'm hoping that this is going to help me towards that end. Uh, another thing that I want to be aware of is I just finished a couple weeks ago rereading, uh, Our Town by Thornton Wilder, the uh, Pulitzer Prize winning play. And um, I, you know, I encourage everyone to, at the very least, read the third act or watch the third act on YouTube. But, you know, the, the third act is, is uh, this is, I mean, this is a spoiler, but hopefully it's a spoiler that will lure you into watching it. Emily, the main character, dies and the third act begins in the graveyard when she's dead. And she she realizes she can go back and relive any moment she wants in her life. And she could really relive her whole life if she wants to. And so the other dead people in the graveyard, uh, try to convince her not to go back and she doesn't listen to them. She goes back 
and uh, and is able to re-experience it, but knowing knowing you know that she's gonna that she that she dies, and knowing that everyone dies, and so she she's trying to relive it, but she's grappling with this recognition that uh, of how precious and finite life is. And then finally she breaks down and, and in the play it says, uh, you know, she yells, I can't, I can't go on. It goes so fast. We don't have time to look at one another. And then she breaks down sobbing. And then she says, I didn't realize. So all that was going on and we never noticed. Mm -hmm. Then she says her goodbyes. And then she looks towards the stage manager and asks, do any human beings ever realize life while they live it every, every minute? And the stage manager says, no. And then he pauses and then he says, the saints and poets, maybe they do some, you know, and then she goes back to her grave and uh, and Mrs. Gibbs uh, asked her mother-in-law, asks her, were you happy? And Emily says, no, I should have listened to you. That's all human beings are just blind people. And then Simon Stimson says, yes, now, you know, now, you know, that's what it was to be alive, to move about in a cloud of in a cloud of ignorance to go up and down trampling on the feelings of those of those about you, to spend and waste time as though you had a million years, to be always at the mercy of one self-centered passion or another. Now you know, that's the happy existence you wanted to go back to, ignorance and blindness. And that's another reason why I really wanna be much more aware of, the, of, of time here, is I, I really don't wanna live this existence where I am just, you know, waking up one moment and all this time has passed by and I I've just been so frantically immersed in my work or in the next task or in, 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 in getting through the day according to my plans that I don't actually have time to stop and, and appreciate <laughs> the life I'm living, the people I'm with m my, my own experiences. And I'm hoping that this is good, that, 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 you know, that this chart, uh, helps towards that end. And I'm not under any illusions that this is going to somehow make me really truly aware and present and, and magically like make everything better. Obviously nothing does that, you know, but the more tools I have in my arsenal, then the, the more, uh, you know, the more measures there are for, uh, for, for trying to, to, to get me to stop and pause and, and recognize the nature of my finite life, uh, you know, and uh, I, I've talked a lot in previous episodes about how the mitzvahs are designed this way and how, you know, you you really walk past the mezuzah and that's supposed to remind you of this. And, you know, you put on your talis, that reminds you of this. And you say, uh, you know, all of these things are just reminders. And uh, and that's all we have, really. I mean, we, we have these reminders and, and, you know, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But this is just one more reminder. And uh, I, I do feel like this is within the spirit of of Torah, of that Pasuk, of Limnos Yamenu Kain Hodav and Avi Levav Chachma. Uh, teach us to count our days and, and, uh, and we will attain a heart of wisdom. And if I could use this tool to help towards that end, then uh, then I have a better chance of actually getting that heart of wisdom. That is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Also, I'll remind you that there is a, uh, I did make the purchase on Cyber Monday of the um, the hard drive to store all of my uh, my shirim. 
Uh, and, um, you know, uh, if you, uh, feel like contributing towards that end, in fact, I, I forgot if I said this yet, last episode, uh, I will, <laughs> I will, <laughs> if you contribute to that, I can name the hard drive after you, the so-and-so memorial, uh, not memorial library. I, I'm thinking too much about death right now. <laughs> this is such and such, uh, uh, was Torah content library. You know, uh, I'll, I'll put your name on the hard drive. No one's going to see it, <laughs> but every time I see it, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll think about your, uh, generosity there. Um, but obviously, you know, uh, the, the, no, uh, no pressure. Um, alternatively, if you'd like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at Matt-Schneeweiss, and my Zelle and PayPal are matt at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at RabbiSchneeweiss at gmail.com. Thank you for, to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.